Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we want to thank you for joining us as we continue in our series, Our Calling, which is focused on hearing from our department chairs, staff, and coaches as they share their uh, personal call into ministry as well as their passion as program leaders, and they highlight the distinctives of their various programs. In this episode, we are pleased to welcome one of our more recent additions to the DCC family, Dr. Christopher Davis. Dr. Davis, it's good to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Dr. Davis serves as the Vice President of Academics, and he comes to us with more than 30 years of Christian higher education experience as both a professor and senior academic officer. He has led programs in traditional and non-traditional settings that also include on-site and online, as well as undergraduate and graduate offerings. His most recent roles were at Point University in West Point, Georgia, where he served as the Vice President for Graduate and Professional Studies, and then Vice President for Academic Initiatives and Accreditation. Dr. Davis joined DCC last fall and has already made a huge impact on the college's strategic planning and vision for academics, which I'm sure we're going to hear about today. So facilitating our discussion with Dr. Davis is the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. So Dr. Sanders, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you lead into this uh, episode of our Our Calling series. Yes, thanks. And I'm really looking forward to hearing this and walking through with you. So just to start, uh, would you mind sharing your calling as it relates to Christ in general and then uh, how and where you serve now? Well, I became a Christian in 1969. The gospel got a hold of me at a, at a very young age, and I thought I just got to get involved in this. Uh, three, three years later, in 1971, I dedicated my life to full-time Christian service, and I've tried to remain faithful to that for 52 years now. Uh, when I first made that decision, I figured I would wind up as a as a preacher, uh, thinking that basically that was what was available at the time, but I've learned over the years that uh, the Lord needs people and uses people in all kinds of different capacities. Um, I have worked in churches, uh, and I uh, got into education. I enjoyed it. I put my heart into it, learned a lot, and uh, I think that's what eventually led me to become a professor. Uh, I like seeing the light bulbs come on. Mm. I think uh, Christian higher education can make such a tremendous impact in, in students' lives and in the lives of all that they touch. So that's the main reason I'm in it. That's very helpful to hear. Can you share a time or two when the light bulb went on for you? Was it in a library? Was it with a professor that really just stirred something up in your mind and heart? What are some light bulb moments in your journey? Well, one that comes to mind is uh, when I was in college, I was studying Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, and uh, he talks about uh, how wide and deep and, and high and great the love of God is, and I had always taken that to to mean God's got a whole lot of love. <laughs> but actually, if you read it in context, he's talking about uh, the Lord bringing Jews and Gentiles together in Christ. And that just struck me at the time that there is, you know, absolutely uh, no room in Christ's church for 
racism or or prejudice against different socioeconomic classes, ethnic groups, that sort of thing. The the Lord, uh, uh, his arms are open to everyone, and you see that also in Christ's great commission, uh, go and preach the gospel to all nations, all ethnic groups. So that was one uh, moment that I remember a particular light bulb coming on. Another one was uh, when I was working at uh, Hope International University, uh, that's when online uh, courses and programs were just beginning to be developed, and uh, I wrote some of the first online courses for uh, Hope International, and uh, I remember sitting in my office one day preparing those materials, recording some sessions and things, and and it just hit me all of a sudden, man, you could go around the world with this, mm-hmm. and you really can. Uh, so I've been involved in uh, developing online programs as well as on ground at a number of uh, universities. Uh, I remember one particularly memorable time we had in the same course uh, students from six different continents. So it's amazing the potential there. That really is the fullness of Jesus's words at the end of Matthew being lived out right before your very eyes. That's right. And you got to participate in it. That's pretty powerful. So you shifted more to an academic career path rather than the church career path. Can you unpack a little behind that? Well, as I mentioned, I had always intended to be a a preacher, a a minister. Those were my heroes, and I was blessed with having some who were real mentors to me who took time with me as a young man to help me develop. Uh, But we tried – my wife Kathy and I, we tried to uh, remain open to the Lord's leading we uh, uh, were asked one time to, to go to Zambia for one year to do some uh, uh, church planting and leadership training there. So we got some mission experience. We, uh, uh, I spent a lot of time in, in school. Uh, when I uh, graduated from Johnson Bible College, I uh, thought I would perhaps go straight into a church and actually got some invitations. But uh, I just uh, kept thinking there's there's just more that I'd like to learn, more that I'd like to understand. As one of the church fathers said, faith seeks understanding. Mm. And uh, I'm just the kind of person I'm wired where I I really want to understand what I'm doing <laughs> because it makes you so much more focused and pur- purposeful and effective in, in that. So I wound up going to seminary and uh, – didn't plan it this way, but I wound up uh, in graduate school for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, what was called an in-sequence Doctor of Ministry program, which was a Master of Divinity plus a Doctor of Ministry rolled into a four-year program with a 15-month internship in the middle of it. I went to Union Theological Seminary in Virginia. I was there at the perfect time. Uh, the Bible department in particular was so strong, and that was my primary interest, studying God's Word. And uh, I believe uh, five of my professors were presidents of the Society of Biblical Literature, four of them while I was there. Mm. So it was just kind of a golden age, I think, for biblical studies at Union, and I just uh, uh, soaked it up. So I I did the uh, in-sequence D-Men, and then we were called to Zambia, but I had a year before we had to leave, so I did a one-year Master of Theology degree, which uh, uh, completed the rest of the coursework I would need for a Ph.D., 
And then we went to Zambia, and when we came back, uh, I applied and was accepted into the Ph.D. program and uh, spent, uh, I think, five or six more years doing that. I wrote my doctoral dissertation, my Ph.D. dissertation on the structure of Paul's theology. took me three and a half years to do it, writing uh, full-time, but out of all my education, I think it was my favorite learning experience. A lot of things just came together, and I got some of the answers I've been looking for. Well, that's very helpful. So biblical studies you mentioned. I remember growing up in church, and there was a small church library. It had some of the pop-level stuff, maybe a Bible dictionary. And when I went to a state university to begin my educational journey— as a freshman uh, in college, just out of high school, I decided I, I want to learn more about the Bible. So I transferred to a Christian school, Christian college, and I had no idea that there was a field of biblical studies. I mean, there there was a whole library. There, there were theological libraries I learned about. So in your experience, how, how can and how should biblical studies really impact the church? Well, um, my main love and my area of teaching as a professor was uh, biblical theology, and I might even say biblical theologies, uh, because uh, I'm interested in learning how the various biblical writers, Paul, John, uh, Matthew, and so forth, how they think, and quite often in my classes I've uh, told students, I'm, I'm going to give you a guided tour of this gospel, or mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a guided tour of, of this epistle. I like them to see the whole framework, understand how the, the author is thinking, uh, get a good sense of uh, uh, what the gospel really is, and I think uh, with that in their background, it makes it uh, a whole lot easier for them to begin to apply it uh, in whatever circumstance they find themselves over, over their lifetime. I remember once uh, teaching a course on uh, Paul's theology at uh, in the graduate ministry department at Hope International, and uh, one student just stopped in the middle of it and said, uh, this just makes more sense than anything I've heard in my life. And I said, well, Paul's a very logical person, and he's thought these things through. <laughs> so uh, that's one example, I think, of how biblical studies can uh, uh, contribute to the life of the church, not only... Uh, First of all, to understand what they're actually saying in their context, but then to be able to uh, draw some principles out and apply it in our own. That's very helpful. Can I ask one question just for fun? What's the difference between biblical theology or biblical theologies and systematic theology? Well, uh, in a nutshell, uh, Biblical theology refers to the way of understanding God and his ways in the world held by a particular biblical writer. So there are biblical theologies. Now, it's not that they contradict each other uh, so much. It's, uh, they just come at it from a different angle. Uh, for example, uh, Jesus at the Last Supper speaks of his death as uh, the sacrifice that will bring on the new covenant. He, he comes at it from a covenantal perspective. The writer to the Hebrews uh, compares Jesus' death and its uh, results to the uh, sacrifice made by the high priest on the Day of Atonement. Uh, John, in his gospel, 
compares it in certain ways to the, uh, the Passover sacrifice. Uh, you know, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So uh, th- that's what I'm getting at. Uh, the, the, the kernel of it, the heart of the gospel, really is the same. But they express it in a little different terms, come at it from different angles, and sometimes address different issues. Paul, for example, addressing, you know, should we or should we not eat meat offered to idols? Uh, uh, so, uh, so biblical theologies, that's what I mean by that. Systematic theology is really uh, uh, taking all of the biblical writings together and trying to systematize them and come up with a single uh, uh, understanding of them, how, how they all fit together. And I think that uh, that's all right, but it's a little bit dangerous uh, in this sense. Uh, for example, simple example, biblical writers don't always uh, use words to mean the same thing. Uh, you know, Paul, for example, says we are uh, saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any should boast. Uh, so you've got some really key uh, terms there, grace, faith, works, uh, the letter to James uh, uh, says, uh, faith without works is dead, which on the surface sounds a little bit different. And I won't t- take time to explain it all, but really, they're in total agreement with each other. <laughs> they're just expressing it uh, uh, different ways, coming at it from, from different angles. So uh, I think the, uh, the, the danger of systematic theology is trying to blur it all together and potentially coming up with something that no individual biblical writer ever said or thought. <laughs> so in my view, uh, biblical theologies must come first, understand what the writers are saying, and then I think you could take the next step and do some systematic theology uh, while remaining true to the biblical theologies that we see in the Scriptures. Well, that's very helpful, and Scott, I don't know if you heard that, but I heard some controversial statements there with systematic theology, so maybe our... <laughs> Our podcast here will go viral, and we'll have to answer some questions. No, that's. I just wanted to hear more of your heart, and that certainly came out, so thank you. You do a lot of work behind the scenes, which we as the faculty really appreciate. What do you hope to accomplish in the lives of students as it relates to your role, as it relates to Christianity or spirituality or in any other area? Well, for me, it always starts with the mission, and the mission of Dallas Christian College is to educate and mentor students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ and, uh, and the church in the world. So producing people who can be influential for Christ uh, in the church and in their chosen professions throughout the world. And, and that's, that's why I'm here. It's the only reason I'm here. If Dallas Christian College doesn't do that, then it really doesn't need to exist. So uh, we have students coming to us at, at, at all different levels. I mean, some are uh, uh, not Christians at all, uh, but they're looking at it, thinking about it. Some are babes in Christ. Some are, are more mature. They're all over the place. So uh, I think we have just a tremendous opportunity here to influence them, help them see the goodness of God, and uh, open their, their uh, minds up to uh, the variety of ways in which God may, may very well want to use them. So uh, that's what I 
that's what we're trying to do here. Yep, and that's why we're here and why we do what we do. Thank you. I've I've pretty much dominated the questions here. So is there anything on your heart you'd like to share or pass along? Well, uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad uh, that DCC is doing what it's already doing. Uh, I will say that uh, uh, the Board of Trustees, the President, uh, all of us really are uh, entering into what we hope will be an, uh, an aggressive uh, time of growth, both in quality and in quantity. And uh, one of the ways we're doing that is we're uh, in the process of uh, developing uh, some new academic programs that will launch uh, very soon. We've put a lot of research into what would be helpful and how uh, those could be uh, tilted toward the gospel. The Pres President Smith would like to be a great commission college, and so that's what we're, we're trying to do. And uh, I would be very happy to talk about some of those new programs, but uh, we can't announce them until we submit them to our accrediting body, so it is a deep, dark secret that you'll have to wait for. <laughs> That's a, that's a good teaser. But it's coming soon. <laughs> but it's coming soon. Hey, I as you were talking, Dr. Davis, I uh, my only regret, and those of you that uh, are you know connected with DCC for a long period of time, I'm just really disappointed that that you and Mark Worley did not have an opportunity to talk more about the Apostle Paul because he loved. Paul, he loved his writings, and uh, I think you two would have had some very interesting and long discussions about that. But I am really glad you're here. Uh, you know, if uh, if this is the first podcast you've you've listened to in this series, I would encourage you to look back over uh, the next the previous couple of months. Uh, President Brian Smith shared about the vision of Dallas Christian College in January. Uh, just last, uh, the, the podcast previous to this one was uh, Bruce Long sharing about his passion for online education, and obviously Dr. Davis has uh, done a lot of work in that as well. So I, I believe that God is bringing people here and assimilating a team that really uh, is going to do some great things for the kingdom of God and for our students and for the church in the coming uh, months and years ahead. So thank you for sharing with us today, and thank you for being here. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Dallas Christian College and how we can help you discover your calling, uh, we'd encourage you to check out our various degree programs and especially some of the scholarship offerings we have that can help you uh, pay for that education by going to our website at www.dallas.edu. Uh, if you'd learn, like to learn more about the uh, NOW Capital Campaign that we are currently engaged in and, and academic programs, scholarship offerings are a huge part of that, in addition to uh, the Worley Student Life Center as a new facilities initiative, you can check out our website at dallaspartners.org. That's dallaspartners.org, and you can learn more about our NOW Capital Campaign because as we have been sharing for the last uh, several months, we believe now is the time for Christian higher education and now is the time for the mission of Dallas Christian College. Thank you again for, join in, for joining us for this episode. Pray that you have a, a great day. You take care and stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.